Good morning and welcome everybody. You are listening to Faith FM 87.6, 87.8 or 88 right across the Faith FM network, right across Australia. This is The Breakfast Show, positively different radio in the morning and you are with Lyle and... Mon, good morning, Lyle. Morning, how are you? Mon, I'm amazing this morning. How are you? Oh yeah, what are you grateful for? I'm great right. by the way. I'm grateful for parties, parties, party time. Yes. Great party yesterday. My wife's party. birthday party yesterday. Uh, she is amazing. The party is amazing. And uh, you did an amazing job, man. Yeah, thanks. It was an attempt at a surprise party. It didn't really work because she turned up before anybody Yeah, like else. an hour early to her own surprise party. <laughs> she I was up pretty so surprised early. when I turned up and saw so many people there, but... Yeah, I had to text everyone and I said, look, Shell's arrived before all of you. So when you walk in the door, just yell surprise at her. And so <laughs> <laughs> everyone just came in and was like, like surprise. <laughs> but yeah, it was a great party. It was actually kind of interesting because I was, I, was, I was keeping tabs on you and me mm-hmm. um, as breakfast show hosts, hosts how we would do with a, a late party. Mm-hmm. It wasn't that late, but it was pretty late for us. Mm-hmm. And I did notice that after a certain hour, you and I just sort of became comatose. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. It was very interesting. You could tell who <clears throat> runs a breakfast show. Yes. Just by looking around the room and seeing who has... <clears throat> Just collapsed. But I'm actually grateful because I noticed that my cooking skills while I was preparing for the party, I've gotten to a place where I no longer, no longer measure stuff. I just eyeball everything and I just go with it. And I feel, yeah, it made me feel really cool. <laughs> ah, that's, that's Mon. She owns the kitchen. So. And speaking of gratitude, one of our listeners has actually texted in their gratitude this morning. Uh, it's from Shelley in Kurenbong. And she texted, I'm grateful to be able to enjoy my grandmother mother's wit and my grandfather's kindness our most recent time together was filled with banter and a barrel of laughs it's the silly in-between moments that are the best isn't that amazing beautiful is that That that's fantastic hey do you know what if you have a gratitude story that you'd like to share with us even something small send us a text message 0491-064-669 and uh, and we will share that with the rest of the world it's really great for your mental health actually um gratitude stories so yeah share that with us just by sending that story through, it is going to brighten your day and make you a happier, better person. It will lift your spirits and it will be a very powerful antidepressant if you are feeling down. So oh, if you're feeling just, down, just send us a list of things that you're grateful for. And P.S., this is a delayed broadcast introduction, by the way. Oh, yeah, this has already happened. Yeah, so we've already uh, done a the morning The party show. was like days ago yeah, now. Yeah, who knows when it has been now. But you know what? Don't stress. You can jump across to the live show. It's very easy. Download the TuneIn app. You can download it for free. Search for Faith FM Australia and press play. Or you can just jump across to our website, which is faithfm.com.au and press play there. Simple and easy and straightforward and you can then be involved in getting all the prizes and being a part of the quiz and calling us up and giving us a hard time whenever you disagree with us, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, our quiz got snapped up pretty quick through Instagram today for this for this show. However, our giveaway is still still valid, so hey, give try that out. You never know, you might get it. So yeah. Stay tuned, we've got a great show coming up for you today. I am dwelling on a mountain where the gold Sunlight gleams in a land whose wondrous beauty far exceeds my fondest dreams. Is not this the land of Beulah? Blessed, blessed land of light, where the flowers bloom. Tasted life's pure river 
There's no thirsting for life's treasures Nor adorning rich and gay For I've found a richer treasure One that fadeth not away For I've found a richer treasure You're listening to Vocal Union with I Am Dwelling on the Mountain. Dwelling is a kind of an old word. Yeah. It's a bit living on the mountain. Well, I, and I kind of like dwelling. Okay. Yeah. Go with dwelling. I'm sure if you didn't know what dwelling meant, give us a call yeah, and tell I mean, us that you need, need to change. Dwell on that for a little bit. <laughs> Speaking of dwelling, it is time to dwell upon our new quiz and see if we can't figure out an answer. This is another Who Am I quiz today. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, I want to say it's a bit easier than yesterday. Yesterday we had Sapphira and Anais and mm. Sapphira, naughty wife. No, but that was easy because we'd just been covering it on the uh, yes, in our Bible study. That's true. And this one hasn't been covered in our Bible study. The first clue is I blessed Pharaoh twice. Oh, I know who this one is. And so it's a pretty cool clue. Yeah, yeah, that's with, a cool, cool yeah, clue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who blessed Pharaoh twice? If you know the answer, give us a call. 1-800-FAITH-FM. It's 1-800-324-843. Uh, and uh, we will send you the I, th- I think he's the only person who ever blessed Pharaoh. Is it? Yeah. Apart from God blessed Pharaoh on occasions, some Pharaohs. But mm-hmm. I reckon people, mm. I, I think people are going to think it's someone else. Someone mm. else who had a lot to do with but Pharaoh, it's not. but it's, it's not. not. But it's not. Yeah. It's not anyway, else. yeah. People it's usually think of this person when they can think of Pharaoh, but it's not that person. Uh, yeah. Anyway, give, <laughs> give us a call before. It's before not that Lyle person. <laughs> it's not that person. If you think you have the answer, you don't have the answer. Actually, you might have the answer. So give us a call. And you might be right. You might win the prize. One eight hundred three two four eight four three is our number. Lyle, I have some interesting news for you this morning. Mm-hmm. It is good news, but it is also surprising news. And I don't know whether or not it's the cynic in me that doesn't <coughs> get it or I, I don't know. So, you know how we seem to think everything's getting worse, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, darn it. Hang on. I just not couldn't... everything's getting worse. Well, in There's terms lots of, of things that are getting better. In terms of like news and stuff. Oh, that's just because the only news that uh, is relevant is... Well, the only news that anyone wants to hear is bad news. Nobody wants to hear good news. That, well, that's... That's why we have positively different yeah. section here that you give, bring to us every morning. But Mon- this is a study that's coming out of America and it just... I, just, I don't know. It just makes it... It just seems so hard to believe. So there's, there's an exciting new body it's, of... It's hard re- to believe there's some good news. Yeah, I mean, this kind of good news. Okay. There's an exciting new body of research and it shows that America is actually becoming safer with historically low crime rates. Really? Exactly. I was like, really? I feel like stuff is just going crazy over there. Wasn't there like 70, Seven, was, 72 people sh- shot in Chicago sh- yesterday? Over the weekend. Over the weekend. Okay, yeah. These are all separate incidents. This is not a mass shooting. Yeah, if yeah. it was a mass shooting, it would be headline news to yeah, the max yeah, for like 72. weeks. That's enormous. Yeah. Yeah. Nah, it's this isn't a, a city where you're not allowed to have guns, of course. Maybe that. Well, yeah. But I mean, this is. It, I, see, this is this is why this is why I was cynical about it because I was like, really? But maybe there, maybe people are scared to go outside anymore, and so everyone's just staying inside, and no one's committing <laughs> any yeah, petty no. crimes. I was in America a couple of weeks ago. Oh, really? Had we you, spent lots of time outside. Did you feel safe? Yes. But maybe like at night, people are going inside. I maybe it's becoming like South Africa. Never, never felt unsafe. Oh, there you go. Well, maybe it is safe. <clears throat> anyway, and it wasn't that far from Chicago. <clears throat> 
So this uh, this research actually, it's not just um, it's not just about uh, the America becoming safer. Maybe it's, I was just a naive Australian. Maybe you were. I I find that when I go travelling, I feel very almost yeah like naively safe. Yeah, <laughs> probably the best way to be. Anyway, this study is actually about um, <coughs> America's uh, becoming more progressive in its criminal justice system, and they have actually managed um, to get fewer people going back to jail. Uh, and record rates, so mm. return rates have dropped by double digits. Ooh, really? Yeah, which is inst- which is absolutely astounding, because usually they say that once a person's gone to prison, it's basically like a life sentence, with irrespective of how short their actual sentence is. Yeah, they just come and go and come and because go because they just it's like a cycle. They keep coming, they keep going back, and uh, so more than two thirds of the American states have reduced both crime and imprisonment in the past decade, and um, <clears throat> uh, so twenty three percent over a seven year period. Um, and and this is incredible, like, why? So they found that investment in evidence-based programs um, to reintroduce the formerly imprisoned men and women into society have led to quite a bit of success, and um, which also happened right alongside declines in crime, which, of course, is, you know, people go back to prison because they've committed mm-hmm, more crime. Mm-hmm. So if you've reintroduced them into society... They're not going to commit those crimes, so crime rate drops. Mm-hmm. And they're also not going to go back to prison, which reduces the return rate. <clears throat> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. And yep. Uh, and you'll be absolutely surprised at some of these um, these programs that they they invested in and what they are and uh, and how they help. So and this is incredible. Like even some famous people have gotten on board on, uh, for this. So there's programs for inmates and um, it, like actor Tim Robbins, like. <sighs> He's just so incredible. He started offering acting classes behind bars, and hmm. uh, and the 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 repeat of offender rate dropped by fifty percent in oh, that really? yeah in that prison. So wow, isn't that incredible? And uh, and so they also have uh, um, life skill lessons like uh, uh, how to grow their own food. And mm-hmm. how to cook their own food, so how to become like sustainable, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. because often people, you know, they commit crime because they feel. Well, the, here's the other thing too: is that um, spending time in the garden growing things once again is something that is incredibly good for your mental health. That's right. Yeah, it's like you know, there are so many things out there that you can do naturally: um, exercise in the fresh air, um, exercise in the fresh air where you are looking at either trees or the ocean. Um, you know, drinking plenty of water, um, being thankful for things, sending um, messages to Faith FM about what you're thankful for, mm-hmm. um, and you know, particularly growing things, growing green things in the garden, yeah. and even better if you can mm-hmm. eat them. Mm-hmm. Um, just incredibly powerful antidepressants right there. Yeah, I mean, can, you can imagine when a, when a person is released from prison and instead of, you know, having this reintroduction to society stuff happening, you know, I, I can just imagine like having been in prison for, I don't know, several years and coming out and the first thing thinking like, where am I going to live? How am I going to get food? Like, what am I going to eat? But if you've taught them how to like grow their own stuff and, you know, and cook their own food, that have like a, a boost of, you know, I can mm. do this. Mm-hmm. And um, one of the other classes that I was quite impressed by is that during their time in prison, um, they're actually taught to become expert Braille transcribers. And, uh, and so this is a highly employable skill, um, you know, because Braille 
like that's random yeah isn't that just <coughs> but i think it's great so um and braille it's something like you, you're really helping other people with like it's such a, a kind thing to do uh-huh, uh-huh. it's not like you know oh, here's you know some app- once again incredibly good for your mental health yeah exactly and for rehabilitation exactly helping other people especially helping people who are hindered more than you are i mean you think about the last time you did a random act of kindness how good that was for your mental health for mm-hmm. the whole day Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, I just for those who don't who know what Braille is, Braille is that that um, bumpy writing that um, blind people use to read visually yeah, with impaired their people. Yeah, so they read it with their fingers. So, so, so they learn how to read it with their fingers, and then they become Braille transcribers. And then coupling this, and I guess this is this maybe it's not as unbelievable as I initially thought it was, but coupling these programs with um, some of the prisons that have introduced plant-based diets. Ah, yes. And this is dramatically... Dramatically reduced aggression. Aggression. So they combine the two together and they have a winning combo. Isn't that incredible? That's amazing. That's fantastic. Teaching life skills. So how many prisons are actually doing plant-based diet? Uh, there's about 14% of prison, prisons in America have adopted plant-based... It's about time the Australia caught up to this. Yes. Got on board with it. I mean, the stats are there. The research is there. Just just do it already. I, what I'm intrigued about is whether or not it's uh, they've just made the entire prison mandatory plant-based or whether or not they've just made like vegan options. These guys are in prison. They shouldn't get a choice. Exactly, yeah. You know, I, prisoners don't get a choice about kind of stuff. It's like, too bad you are here. This mm-hmm. is what you are eating. And, and you know, you wouldn't have to worry about action. you wouldn't have to worry about food, you know, kosher food for Jewish people. You wouldn't want to have to worry about halal p- food for uh, Islamic people. It's just everybody gets the same thing. Everybody's yep. on the same level. It's yep. just like... And veganism sort of covers them all, so, so yeah. You don't feed them mushrooms. <laughs> Actually, no, you can feed them mushrooms because I'm not there. That's okay. Feel good. I have no intention of ever being there. Uh, <laughs> hey, if you have an opinion about this, give us a call. 1-800-FAITH-FM, 1-800-324-843. And uh, maybe tell us if you have any experience with this. It'd be very interesting to hear about. Of our loving Lord, grace that exceeds our sin and our guilt. Yonder on Calvary's mount I pour, there where the blood of the Lamb was spilled. Grace, grace, God's grace, grace that will pardon and cleanse. Within grace, grace, God's grace, grace that is greater than all our sin. Marvelous, infinite, matchless grace, freely bestowed on all who see his face will you this moment his grace receive grace grace God's grace grace that will pardon and cleanse within grace grace God's grace grace that is greater than
Listening to Bart Millard, Grace, that is greater than all our sin here on Faith FM. And Mon, as we get into the next section, have you got another clue for the quiz? I do indeed. Clue number two, who am I? Dinah is my daughter. Mm, who was mm. Dinah's father? Give us a call, 1-800-FAITH-FM. We'll send you the prize. Okay, so the Cancer Council of Victoria has done a study over the last 12 years studying 35 thousand Victorians looking at the relationship uh, between obesity and obesity-related cancers. Oh. So during that time, 3,283 developed uh, liver, ovary, gallbladder, etc. cancers, which are seen as obesity-related cancers, but not all of them were obese. In fact, it was found that obesity was not the single great common factor that they were expecting it to be. Oh, really? What was Sugary drinks. Aye, not surprised mm, at all. Yes. So last night we had a party. We did. And uh, you might not know, but at the beginning of the year, uh, my wife decided to go sugar free. Yeah. yeah not not, not label reading sugar free, just, um, you know, not, not obvious. Any sweets. Yeah, yeah, obvious, sugar. not any yeah. obvious sugar like sugary yeah. drinks or cakes or desserts or any of that kind of thing. And uh, and I was like, yep, I'm happy to support this. This is a good thing. This is a positive thing. It's never, can't, can't be bad. And I'm like, if you don't buy it, I won't eat it. But if I'm out and about and some, something turns up, you know, I'm not, I'm not being strict about this. And so, anyway, uh, last night we had a birthday party and I had a piece of cake and there was um, some sugary drinks available. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I thought, you know what? I haven't had one of them for a long time. I'll give it a try. Yep. Didn't enjoy it. Yeah, nah. You just, lose. Yeah. Str- I just lost the taste for it. Yeah, which is and good And it was news. like my favourite one too. And uh, I was just like, got to the, the end of a small cup and it was just like, yeah, nah. Which one was it? Ginger beer? Agram. Oh, Agram. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Now, it is, it is actually good news that you lose taste for it because that's what you really want. That's really going to help you uh, get past that. And sugary drinks, they're the worst. It's like if you're going to like take on board so many calories, don't, don't drink your calories. It's like Yeah, because it's pointless. There's like nothing to it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Now, obesity, of course, does drastically increase the risk of 13 different cancers along with diabetes, heart disease, and tooth decay. And part of the reason why you don't have as many people dying from obesity-related cancers is that these other obesity-related diseases kill you before the cancer gets to develop. Oh, great. So you die of diabetes before the cancer Mm -hmm. actually forms. Mm -hmm. So obesity is not a big thing, but sugary drinks are a massive issue. Half of all children between the ages of 0 and 18 drink uh, sugary drinks every single day. Oh, no. Uh, And and, and the the younger a person is, the much um, higher their intake of sugary drinks. And that is a result of advertising, of course. Yeah. Saturating the younger demographic with, you know, just bombarding the younger demographic with um, advertising for these sweet sugary drinks, which then sets the children up for a lifetime because the... The carryover of this, you know, does last for a lifetime, a lifetime of health problems. Mm -hmm, Yeah. 
And so they're calling for a 20... This is the um, the uh, Victoria Cancer Council calling, calling for a 20% health levy um, on sugary drinks to pay for the, um, the, the, the weight this is going to place on our health system. Why are we sticking- So in other words, you basically put a levy on there so that people pay for their own death. Why are we sticking an ambulance in the valley? We're going to put a fence along the cliff. This, like, I mean, sure. Well, it, it does cut both Tex- ways. It does act as a bit of a fence because you push the price up of sugary drinks, people are. But sugar to- is addictive. So, irrespective of how much it's going to cost, they're still going to be forking out to buy it. We know that. We've seen it time and time again. It doesn't work. I definitely think we need to tax sugar through the roof. But I also think that we need to address the fact that advertisers are just. Making a mockery of they parents by preying no on children. Whatsoever at all. No morals. They'll prey on children because mm. they know children have like no temperance, no self control, and so they're just going to brainwash them. And they know that they're making lifelong customers out there. Why isn't the government? If you've got an opinion on this, we would love to hear from you. But yeah, let's. let's the government clearly knows it's an issue. They've said themselves oh, it's because they're being advertised over the and over and over again. Why are they fixing that? Why we're you not know, allowed to advertise smoking <laughs> anymore. We're not allowed to advertise alcohol at certain hours of the day on TV because kids are watching, why can't we do that for sugar-related junk food that is killing our children, it's killing our generations? Junk, junk, junk food yeah. in general. Yeah. yeah. Junk food in general should be banned from schools. It uh, should be banned from advertising mm-hmm. except for maybe late at night or something or other. But, you know, a lot of kids start late these days anyway. Sugary drinks need to be like the new cigarette. You just sh- – it shouldn't be allowed to be advertised. They shouldn't make it look so fun. You know, they know what they're doing and we're being taken advantage of. <laughs> And we have a country which has, you know, incredibly high rates of obesity. We are a fat country. Oh, yeah. And we need to do something about that. This is like a massive weight, a massive burden on our healthcare system, mm-hmm. which we then pay for with incredibly high taxes. Mm-hmm. You know, when we complain about our high taxes, it's like, well, let's do something about, you know, reducing our um, the, the the burden that we are placing on the healthcare system and maybe our taxes can go down somewhat. Anyway, Mike drank nearly half a litre of soft drink a day throughout his teenage years, weighing in at 120 kilograms at his heaviest. Whoa. Uh, he said, they look good, they tasted good, and they were always accessible. He's 31 years old now. He says, I used to have a couple of cans of Fanta or Coke a day and only drank out of force of habit. Decided he wanted to make a change by coupling healthy eating and exercise. Soon realized that soft drinks provided no benefits, zero benefits, and were counterproductive to a healthy lifestyle. And noticed that all of his friends who were living active lifestyles didn't drink sugary drinks. And so he gave it up and uh, hasn't gone back, hasn't, wouldn't even think of touching them now. And uh, I can testify once you've been off it for a few months, you have some and it's like, yeah, no, mm-hmm. don't yeah. want it. Yeah. Just not interested. Don't even want to uh, go there. It's just, uh, yeah. So anyway, how much sugar do you think there is in your average sugary drink? Okay, a can of Coke? Oh, there must be like... Teaspoons? Six? Sixteen. Sixteen! Yes, imagine sitting down at a table with um, a bowl of sugar and eating 16 teaspoons of sugar, you would throw up. My teeth would hurt. But when you flavour it a bit and you make it cold, you chill it, Mm -hmm. then your taste buds can actually handle it, which is why you never drink these drinks warm. Drink it down. You just like, yeah. 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 Try drinking a can of Coke warm one time and see if you can actually accomplish it. Yeah. Uh, Your sports drink? Same size? uh, Eight? Eleven. Oh, my goodness. Your lemon squash? Uh, Same, Same size? Seven? 17. Oh, my goodness. Your iced tea? Oh, I hate to think iced tea is disgusting, so they must put heaps of sugar to make it taste good. Nine. Whoa. Your energy drink? Oh, uh, 10. 
15. Oh, my goodness. And your 1,100 milliliter slushy. So that's, this is uh, twi- nearly twice the size drink of the other ones that I was mentioning. But your slushy, how much is slushy? 12? 20. 20? Yeah. Oh, my goodness, Lyle. That is this is a massive amounts of sugar. Yeah. I mean, this is just like a week supply of it in one drink. It's, it's, it's mind-boggling to think that we could all improve our health so much simply by yeah, not yeah, yeah, drinking yeah. I feel, you know, sugary drinks. We don't have to give up like cake or donuts if you just stop one thing, sugary drinks. Like your health is going to improve so much. And I've got to tell you, I am a much nicer person. Well, that's oh sugar. I am <laughs> no, a much no, nicer person. You are. You oh, are. Sugar. Yeah. You know, you just improve your mood. You improve your health. You improve your energy level. It, there, it's just win-win all the way around. Uh huh. Uh-huh. And it's just, it's just an addiction, is all it is. Yeah. Let's make it a challenge. Challenge our listeners. Don't you know? Don't give up your chocolate. Don't give up your, your donuts. Just give up <coughs> sugary drinks. Absolutely. And uh, let us know how you go. We'd See love to hear from you. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So when you're driving along the road, Mon, and you get tired, what do you do? Uh, you keep driving until you get home and go to bed. And if you are, uh, well, that's, that's not, a bit, not a good idea. What are you supposed to do? You're supposed to pull over and have a power nap. Yeah, so Michael Harvey, who travels the outback making custom orthotics, um, was did that. He got into uh, Kananara at about midnight, uh, filled up with diesel. He was pretty tired, so um, he pulled over on the side of the road for a nap. Uh, woke up at, in the morning, was working on some emails about 6 o'clock in the morning, gets a knock on his window, and he's been fined $100 for illegal camping. What? Mm, that's that sends a, sends a pretty dodgy message, doesn't it? Oh, that's really bad. You know, we talk about the value of sleep and the value of less sugar, which is in- important to a healthy lifestyle, which is important to a relationship with God. Uh-huh. And uh, we have things like this. So, no, you know, he's, he's fighting this one. Yeah. That's we should get behind him and help him find right that. There. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's, he's done the right thing. He's pulled over. He's not driven drowsy. Oh, absolutely. Do not drive drowsy um, ever and cut down on that sugar are the two messages for from my segment for today. And you will be healthier and happier and live longer. And hey, if you have an opinion about that, give us a call. 1-800-FAITH-FM. Maybe tell us how you love your sugars. Lift your head, little one Lift your eyes to see the sun Lift your heart and burden soul Oh, rejoice in hope Lift your head
Welcome back, guys. We have, uh, of course, our regular with us today, Pastor David Stojic, um, who has been on Faith FM for a long time now, David. Yeah, the second um, year, maybe. <laughs> yeah, of course, this is our regular program that focuses on mental health from a Christian perspective. Last week, we spoke about burnout. The week before that, we spoke about trauma. The week before that, we spoke about happiness. What is it that we're talking about today? All right. So, uh, Lyle, just in answering your question, a couple of weeks ago, both of us heard the sad news. I remember the topic <coughs> we were addressing that day was happiness. Yeah, and we heard this <laughs> just as we were about to go on Just air. as we were about to go yeah, uh, on air. And, and, and so we learned about a, a death of, of a young man, uh, a husband and a father. And uh, in a moment of desperation, he took his life. And, and the other day, what caused me to actually really think about talking about this uh, also. The other day, a young mother uh, who, was, uh, who has three children posted uh, uh, a text uh, or sent a text uh, uh, to her support group. She's a Christian uh, mm. uh, young lady. And uh, I'm in her prayer group, so she lives thousands of kilometers, about thousands of kilometers, thousand kilometers from here, uh, approximately. Mm-hmm. And she sent this message, uh, I'm done with life, or I'm done with living. And uh, uh, mm. uh, those friends who were regular supporters, because she's battling with depression, yeah, serious yeah, depression, yeah. Uh, tried frantically to, to, to talk to her and, and, and uh, try to keep her focused and... and uh, and fortunately, uh, we were all able to somehow talk her out of that, but we couldn't take any chances. So, so somebody they actually, uh, because she stopped responding for a little while, mm. uh, and uh, somebody sent a police, which is the right thing to do. Yeah, yeah you know. Yep. And and uh, so so she's she's doing well. Uh, she fortunately did not, you know, harm herself. Mm. So suicide uh, is the topic that 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 I would like to talk about for us to talk discuss this morning. Uh, did you know, uh, many, many of our listeners may, may find this, this almost like too hard to believe, uh, suicide is the leading cause of death for Australians aged between 15 and 44. Leading cause of death. And that's in the lucky country. That's right. And about 200 Australians attempt suicide every day. And one of those, on average, eight people a day commit suicide in Australia. Mm. In this beautiful country of ours here in Australia, yeah. um, we, we have, we have this, this tragedy unfolding. Yeah. Mm, There's a very serious subject, and we're both Christians and pastors. You know, perhaps it'd be good to talk about how suicide historically has been dealt with the Christian church. Uh, from what I know, the church has not always dealt with suicide not always dealt well with people who took their own lives and, and, and not with their families. Um, so let's let's take a moment to consider the history of this. Yes. And, uh, of course, you know, we need to look at what the Bible actually says. That's right. That's right, uh, Lyle. I, I think it's, it's, it's a good thing for us to, to kind of to, to, um, to talk about. Um, historically, uh, I'm sad to say, but uh, the church could have done a lot better. Uh, the Christian church has always uh, viewed uh, suicide as a grave sin. When I say sin, you know, there could be a cringe factor out there, you know, in the community when they hear this word. But, but, but sin simply is missing the mark, missing the yep. best, what God has for us. Mm. And so when, when, when church looked at sin, uh, at suicide as a grave sin, uh, it was, uh, let's, let's, 
give them a credit, give church a credit to say, okay, this is certainly not, uh, you know, what God has the best for you. Mm. So, so it was considered as a grave sin. The church uh, <laughs> actually also viewed suicide to be prime example of self-idolatry. It's interesting, right. isn't it? Yeah. Uh, a prime, uh, prime example of self-idolatry um, where you rise above God and you take your own life in your own hands, so to say. Uh, the, the, then and then um, the church also uh, uh, had a different uh, distinguished between suicide and other sins uh, in that successful suicide uh, did not allow for times of repentance for time of repentance you know when 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 people are doing some other missing mark in other areas of life mm, yeah. uh, there could be time where they can turn around but once when they when they commit suicide there is no time for repentance there is no time for for for, for rethinking life and changing things so that's why and even even if, even though that and we're going to talk about this I'm sure there's a whole mental health issue here absolutely we, we, that we're we'll, going we'll, to come to you know I have a friend who um, who committed suicide many many years ago, and he went you know a long way in the bush and opened his veins. That's right. And I'm thinking he had plenty of time to you know just from a repentance perspective, you know he didn't die straight away. It was non reversible. That's right. And that, um, that's that's what I probably meant. Why, why do we why do we condemn people? You know why are we so quick to judge? That, that's uh, Lyle. We'll, we'll we'll I'll I'll just address that in a moment. But just yeah, maybe, I'm running ahead. No, no, it's, it's, it's perfectly all right. But but just just and it's it's absolutely worth talking about yeah. but, but just coming back a little bit to that mm. to that position uh, of the church early church councils you know the gathering of the leaders of the church uh, uh, did not look at this denied christian burial to those guilty of suicide and that's mm. some, that's it's something terrible. that's something that that you know as pastors as ministers you know as people who represent the church i'm sure both of us feel rather sad mm. to, to know that uh, one can think about the reason maybe they, they they wanted that to be a deterrent but it doesn't sound to me like a, like a really good thing it doesn't seem to me to be a great idea to scare people who are dealing with mental illness uh, not not at all you know and to and to, and to hang some hang the dread of hellfire over the head of somebody who's dealing with mental illness that's well that's exactly so and, and ima- <coughs> imagine what uh, how would a bereaved family feel oh. uh, when they could not even grieve you know uh, like they w- they wouldn't be able to have proper you know, a funeral and burial, mm. uh, and and also on top of that, they would actually uh, be thinking a loved man is forever lost and will be burning in in the in the, in the fire, you know, in the in the fires of hell, and so so that's something that as a church. From my understanding of the scripture, my understanding of who God is, I'm sure yours mm. to uh, I think that was something that that was, this is not what the Bible teaches. That, this is not what not who God is. That's right, and so and we do need to recognize that you know during the Dark Ages the church did get a long way from the Bible, and that probably is is the, is the one of the main reasons you know. Uh, mm. So so interestingly, I, I did not know this until I, I did a bit of further research, but the term suicide uh, was coined in 1651, so 17th mm. century. And it literally means uh, self to kill. Mm-hmm. Uh, sui means self, and to kill means side. So, so, and the definition of suicide is to purposefully take one's own life out of uh, misdirected self-love. Now, it looks like the church leaders in the past did not quite understand <coughs> the mental illness factor um, that led and still leads people to 
you know, what's probably a truly desperate act, um, the act of suicide. Can one really be condemned for suiciding if they were, you know, heavily depressed and their decision-making ability was compromised? Well, uh, it's, it's, it's a valid question. Contemporary Christian ethicists say that, uh, that there is a moral difference between volitional suicide, uh, intentional, and suicide uh, uh, to, uh, due to f- psychological or physiological uh, factors such as chemical imbalance, uh, clinical depression, and altered uh, mental state. Uh, so I think uh, it was the lack of understanding of the latter, uh, that mental health uh, side of it, that caused the church to be fairly harsh in their attitude towards suicide mm. and more or less uh, treat all suicide as an equal sin. Yeah, and it's a good thing that we have so much better understanding of that today. Now, it seems rather obvious that not all suicides are equal and they seem to be very different reasons that people commit suicide. And that's very correct. You know, Again, Christian ethicists, uh, eth- ethicists point out that a distinction should be made between suicide and willful self-sacrifice of one's own oh, life. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, and, <coughs> and, and so we have some examples of... of uh, of that, you know, in the scripture, uh, like, like, you know, uh, um, in 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 uh, Jesus is talking about in John's Gospel 15, dying for there is no greater love than mm-hmm. to die for one's friends, uh, you know, and and um, he's talking about laying down his life, which some people could say, well, that was suicidal mission. Paul talks in Corinthians about about a mission, mm-hmm. you know, uh, mm-hmm. where there is danger and death and so on and so on. Yeah, and there's some really good passages here. I think what we might do is we'll just take a, um, a, a short song break. We're going to come back after that, and I'd like to read some of those passages from the Bible so that people can get a much clearer understanding of what the Bible actually does say on this really important subject rather than just going by the traditions that we've sort of held on to from the past. And, um, <clears throat> of course, as a result of that, we'll be able to see more clearly the character of God and yes. His love for each one of us. Absolutely. Astounding 
with you forevermore With no loneliness, no crying, no more pain And when I see your face, I'll gaze upon The greatest love I've ever known And I'll lift my voice in praises once again How amazing that the maker of the Welcome back, guys. We're taking up this really important subject of suicide this morning, and I'm here with Pastor David Storjic, our regular uh, speaker on mental health. He has highlighted a couple of passages that the Bible talks about where you know a person um, gives their life, lays down their life, etc. Uh, and I'd like to share with you just a couple of these verses so that we can get a biblical perspective on this. So, That's right. And Lyle, maybe it's important <coughs> to mention that that you know, as I've said, that the ethicists are are distinguishing between uh, laying down one's life, you know, for the benefit of yeah. others, and actually people taking their own life with no benefit to anybody. So, so these scriptures that we're going to uh, look at are in this second category sure. of, of somebody sacrificing their life, uh, you know, uh, for others. Some people say, well, that's a suicidal mission, but it's very different, very different from actually taking one's own life. And, and I think that, um, you know, the, the, the example that comes to my mind is, is Samson. Lots of people say Samson committed suicide, but yeah. no, Samson laid down his life that's right. on a mission for God that that's God had called him to do. That's right. But um, this is what the Bible says, John chapter 15 and verse 13, greater love has no man than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. That's right. You know, this is, this is seen as an act of love here. Um, and in regard to his own self-sacrifice, Jesus declared in John 10 verse 18, No one takes my life from me, <clears throat> but I lay it down of my own accord. I have authority to lay it down, and I have authority to take it up again. This charge I have received from my father. So, okay, so so basically that's straight from 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 the mouth of of of, of Jesus, and, yeah. and and Paul actually <coughs> comes to it from a slightly different angle in in the Second Corinthians four seven to eighteen. Uh, he's talking about sacrificial life that may actually end up in in, in death. Uh, he says in Second Corinthians uh, chapter four seven to to eighteen, he says, and he's kind of elaborating on that, and then coming to the to the punchline. Yep. He says, but we have this treasure, life is mm, treasure mm, mm, in jars of clay. Our body. Th- that's right. Uh, that uh, to show that this all surpassing power is from God and not from us. 
life is from God. He is the author of life. We are hurt, we are hard pressed on every side, but not crushed. Perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not abandoned. Struck down, but not destroyed. We always carry around in our body the death of Jesus, so that the life of Jesus may also be re- uh, revealed in our body. Uh, for we who are alive are always being given over to death for Jesus' sake, so that this life may also be revealed in our mortal body. So then, that is at work in us, but life is at work in you. Hmm. And he says, it is written, verse 13 to, to, to 17, I now read, uh, uh, it is written, I believed, therefore I have spoken. Since we have that same spirit of faith, we also believe and therefore speak. Because we know that uh, the one who raised the Lord Jesus from the dead will also raise us with Jesus and present us with you to himself. All this is for your benefit, so that the grace that is reaching more and more people may cause thanksgiving to overflow to the glory of God. And then he says, verses 16 and 17, finishing this passage Mm -hmm. beautifully, therefore, we do not lose heart. We don't get depressed about all these hardships that are happening. Uh, Though outwardly, we are wasting away. You know, our bodies are are crumbling. Uh, We are losing our health. Yet inwardly, we are being renewed day by day for our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an internal glory that far outweighs them all so we're saying so we fix our eyes not on what is seen but on what is unseen since that is uh, temporary but what is unseen is eternal mm. very very uh, interesting perspective in the oh. midst of suffering and hardship yeah, absolutely. Yeah, no question about it. You know, and even Paul himself, you know, he boasts about his sufferings. That's and right. it's such a different attitude towards suffering. That's right. And if we can just if we can just model the way that, you know, some of these people, you know, approach the whole concept of suffering, it will change the way we look at life. Well, Lyle, this is a, a very important point because a lot of people suicide to avoid suffering. Mm. Actually, Christian people, in a way, embrace suffering. Mm. You know, uh, even, uh, the scripture even gives us a hint. We don't go looking for it. No, no, <laughs> we are not looking for it. But yeah. actually, the scripture very clearly shows in, in, in some places that we are being refined. Mm. Actually, God is developing us. We don't like being developed that way. <laughs> no, no, <that's laughs> you know? But God is developing us uh, you know, uh, from that perspective as well. Sure. So this one's um, 2 Corinthians chapter 11, uh, verse 16 to 23 is what I'm going to read. But Paul says, I repeat, Let no one take me for a fool. But if you do, then tolerate me just as you would a fool, so that I might do a little boasting. In this self-confident boasting, I am not talking as the Lord would, would, but as a fool. Since many are boasting in the way the world does, I too will boast. You gladly put up with fools since you are so wise. In fact, you even put up with anyone who enslaves you or exploits you or takes advantage of you or puts on airs and slaps you in the face. To my shame, I admit that we were too weak for that. Whatever anyone else dares to boast about, I'm speaking as a fool, I also dare to boast about. Are they Hebrews? So am I. Are they Israelites? So am I. Are they Abraham's descendants? So am I. Are they servants of Christ? I'm out of my mind to talk like this. I am more. I have worked much harder being in prison, more frequently, 
been flogged more severely and been exposed to death again and again. And so, so Paul is a bit humorous <laughs> here. He's coming, you know, with this. With his, uh, his, uh, it's almost a little bit of uh, sarcasm, I guess, yeah, yeah, in a kind yeah. of a way. That's right. He's he's calling himself a fool. Uh, contrasting that with the wisdom of man. Yeah, that's right. You know, wisdom of man, they call them, you fools, you believe in this Messiah, this God, but, but you know, anyway, uh, the punchline <laughs> here actually, um, uh, Lyle, is this. It says, I have worked hard, mm-hmm. much harder, being in prison more frequently, being flogged more severely, and being exposed to that and, uh, again and again. And it's interesting that actually suicide almost always occurs in response to suffering or anticipated suffering. So uh, this suffering could be physical, mental, emotional, or spiritual in nature. And so major reasons uh, for for Mm. suicide include depression, financial uh, trouble, dissolution of relationship, a form of a protest when somebody does that in protest, Mm -hmm. uh, sexual gender confusion, and that's kind of quite yeah, that's a huge one now. Yeah. Uh, that's, that's the highest rate of suicide that there is, as, as far as I understand, in the world right now. That's right. Uh, there, there could be also religious uh, rituals or some sort of religious belief. Mm-hmm. Uh, it could be escape from punishment or escape from pain. Now, some may wrongly argue, argue that suicide ought to be allowed as a right <coughs> um, if one's body is viewed as one's own property. We've just you know, recently had an elderly gentleman from Western Australia travelling overseas to be euthanized. That's right. Uh, we heard about that in the news. He didn't seem to, he didn't even seem to be in pain. He was joking about his death, you know, just seconds before he died. Uh, after he was injected with a lethal, lethal concoction, he was saying, uh, does it take this long to die? Uh, and these were his last words. So from a Christian perspective, should suicide, or in this case, I've got what we call you know, assisted death, be allowed? Okay, this question. Uh, has oh been yeah, there's a hot one. There's <laughs> a hot one. <laughs> has been hot. Uh, throw, throw your hot one here, David. Hotly debated <laughs> in our society, and again, the suffering and loss of uh, of quality of life were quoted as the reasons why this should be allowed. Uh, so here are some things that as Christians we should keep in mind. Uh, Lyle, this is this is of paramount importance. Mm-hmm. The body is not our own. Yes. Uh, in First Corinthians, uh, we are clearly told uh, that, 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 you know, do not, don't you know that your bodies are temple of Holy Spirit, uh, who is in you, whom you have received from God. You're not your own. Uh, you are bought uh, for, at a price. Therefore, honor God with your body. So our body is not our own body. Uh, you know, a Lyle. Yeah, so. and, the, and then the Bible goes on, you know, do you not know that your, your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have received of God? That's right. Um, you know, not your own, bought with a price. Uh, so, so back to question, should it be allowed? Uh, as humans, uh, we live in, in community. We don't live in a vacuum. And, and what we do uh, actually affects uh, um, those left behind. So mm. uh, 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 we, we, we need to, we need to keep that in mind. Um, encouraging suicide communicates, and this is from Christian perspective, yeah. very important, mm. that there is no answer to despair and, and, and no comfort in affliction. Uh, so, so this is the opposite of what the gospel proclaims. Yeah. And, and so finally, even if one is not a believer, uh, one needs to keep in mind that people's ability to reason and make balanced decisions may be heavily compromised due to mental health issues. So based on the, on the above, I don't believe that suicide should be allowed. Thank you so much for joining us, David. It's been wonderful. We're going to continue with this tomorrow here on Faith FM. Open my lips 